1: Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool.
2: Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.
1: Well, greetings, imagination connoisseurs, and to longtime viewers of The John Campia Show. Welcome to the triumphant return of the weekly hero. I'm, of course, your existential Mr. Rogers, Robert Meyer Burnett, and I have with me the incomparable... Chris Carr. And this is the new iteration of the weekly hero. And what we're going to do, we are going to discuss everything to do with superheroics and the week that was. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about all things, whether you're wearing armor or whether you've been bitten by a spider or you're from a, I don't know, an alien planet. If you've got powers, if you're interested in powers, if you've got the power of Chris Carr, as Mm -hmm. I do, you will want to be here for the weekly hero. Weekly. On Mondays. Mm-hmm. Are you excited, Chris? I'm
0: so excited. We get to talk about all the cool things that happened this week. Plus, we got issues.
1: We have issues. That is a, a weekly segment that mm-hmm. Chris Carr and I, uh, we have issues <laughs> with one another and things you'll find out about later. Yeah. So Chris, you know, our first segment, D23. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we have come not to bury D23, but to praise it, well done there was a lot of great stuff stuff to i i thought to get excited about things we hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. uh one of those was the secret invasion trailer it was amazing i mean i thought i was watching a tom clancy-esque thriller it was exactly kind of what i wanted what did you think is ben mendelson really a good guy
0: Oh gosh, I so. Or a good scroll? So. I think he's a good scroll. I think so. I love Ben Mendelsohn. I, I mean, do too. I think he's wonderful. His work on Bloodline in particular is so, so good. Oh, what an incredible actor. And I love Talos. I love what they've done with his character and how they kind of, you know, subverted our expectations in Captain Marvel about what to expect from the scrolls which means that this secret invasion storyline is going to be wildly different, right? Are we going to have a mixture of good scrolls, bad scrolls? Is this going to be an entirely different shape-shifting race that we're dealing with? Are there going to be different plot points? I certainly hope so because Brian Michael Bendis is a great great man and I love the majority of his work. His Green Arrow is so good.
1: So good. Um but now, I got a question for you. Yeah. So Nick Fury in this trailer is shown as being eye patchless. Yes. And then he's shown with an eye patch on. Does that mean the Skrulls repaired his eye? He has a glass eye, or are there? Is is the Nick Fury with a patch on a Skrull?
0: Oh, what could that mean? Well, the shots that I noticed where we saw the scratch marks and everything still was there. From the Flarkin, yeah, was there a whole eye that I missed that was? I think his eye
1: was there. I mean, it looked like, and that's why the patch was off. Okay. You know, I don't know if it's like Thor's eye. I don't know if Rocket had it up as Maybe, because it butt, still looked cloudy
0: and different. It
1: did look different.
0: But maybe that's the thing. And maybe the scrolls didn't get that one quite right because they usually have the patch on.
1: I don't that's know. That's interesting,
0: because I have seen a lot of people wondering if that initial shot, too, where he's not quite in focus yet, is to allude to him potentially being a scroll, right? Because we see that kind of weird shape a lot of times before a figure steps into the frame, right? Right. But it could be this little teaser of, is that the Nick Fury we Or have? there's
1: two. Exactly. You know, there's a Nick Fury that's been running around. And uh, we didn't know about it. I don't know. I mean, I thought it really looked great. I love the tone, the tone of it all. And Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, what I didn't like was it said coming in 2023. Does that mean like March or does that mean November? Do we have to wait a long time?
0: Well, I mean, it's Marvel, so they tend to come out on time ish. So I feel like we shouldn't be waiting too long for this one. You know what, though? I am still wondering, who the heck is Amelia Clark in this?
1: I don't know. I mean, we got that one shot of her yeah. looking like a badass. I mean, she, she was looks
0: cool as hell. Bringing
1: back little Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, <laughs> it, she did look great. I don't know who she is. Yeah. Like, who is she playing? I mean, we'll have to see. I, I, I don't, I don't yet know. And then there's that scene where Ben Mendelsohn's in a either he's in a restaurant and he stands up and he's surrounded by what yes. look like clones or yeah. are they? Scrolls all being one particular guy
0: i think it's skrulls flexing
1: i think it's I, absolutely yeah. that's exactly what's happening. okay cool so i, I i'm curious to see and is, is captain marvel gonna be involved in this at all
0: well she's got her own thing happening right with with Ms. marvel we had that that swap well, moment so
1: yeah i don't know i'm not I mean, sure if they'll both i don't know sure if they're gonna i mean she's kind of the ambassador of of kwan yeah. to the to the scrolls. no you can come to earth yeah it's okay We'll but I thought that, I mean, look, for everything that we've already said, I, I thought that trailer was great. I thought it, 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 as for a first trailer, I thought it was really actually excellent. I mm-hmm. love the the whole espionage vibe of what's going on. I yeah. mean, I thought that was definitely, it, we knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but to finally make it tangible, as John would say, uh, I thought that tangibility was pretty dope.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hard I agree. thought,
1: you know, I liked that. Exactly. Um, and then we got... Uh, This is a surprise for me. I mean, we'd heard that Michael Giacchino, the composer, was directing this Werewolf by Night Halloween special. I mean, next month is October. We hadn't seen anything from this at all. And then lo and behold, boom, we get a trailer... I mean, unlike the Munsters trailer, which also was kind of a throwback, this, this was a throwback to a lot of different things. We got to see even, like, Man-Thing was briefly glimpsed in this trailer. Somebody said that the Time Variance Authority was in this trailer? Yeah. And there's there's someone's a werewolf, and there's hunters. And- but Who? I, I'm curious. What do you think?
0: I thought this looked really, really fun. This kind of felt like a Boris Karloff throwback, right? Yeah. Just all of the angles they were doing, the black and white, the lighting of all of this.
1: And it looks like there's some kind of practical effects mm-hmm. and CG mixed together.
0: Which I love. I am a huge stickler for practical effects, especially when it comes to creature creation. You know, we're in an embarrassment of rigids when it comes to that right now with all of our fantasy television. So to see Marvel embrace that a bit more is really great. Plus, if you're doing a throwback show like this, I think you have to do practical effects i do too it doesn't work otherwise i
1: mean I, i'm wondering if they're gonna do those time lapse uh when they show people transform <sighs> they only have like four or five different makeups but they, they the, time lapse so they, yes. they do long fades between them oh. instead of i mean i mean this stuff looks great it looks
0: so melodramatic and so heightened and i'm here for it because you know i'm not a scary movie person this is kind of where i live in the halloweeny genre uh,
1: so i so wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You uh-huh. you don't like horror. I don't. But you will live in the Halloween zone.
0: Uh, well I like spooky stuff. I don't like body horror. Like like really gruesome, um, realistic deaths. Like when people are being brutalized. It just I, so I, fantasy
1: I, deaths are yeah, okay. Yeah, fantasy
0: deaths are fine. Heightened heightened deaths, really over the top, fake blood, ridiculous stuff. Like Wolf Cop, Wolf Cop. I love.
1: <laughs> what about like American <laughs> Werewolf in London? When a werewolf can, tears your throat out. I
0: can deal with that one actually.
1: You can't? Yeah. Is that because it's got a humorous quality to it? I
0: think so. Because like Cabin in the Woods is like okay. a great thing okay. for me. Right? But it's it's when they're the they're, they're really realistic ones where I'm like, if I do go to that farmhouse, I might get murdered.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. So this looks good to you. This I think is, this looks This fun. is more Nightmare Before Christmas kind of, that's yeah. fine. You're never, I mean, that's not scary.
0: No, yeah, I I like a Tim Burton feel to things. I like some kooky with my spooky.
1: And the, well, I, <laughs> Now, this character here, is this like some animatronic? What's with the arms going... <laughs>
0: What I keep waiting this? for Tom Hanks to just come over and be like, "Make me a kid again." It just—it <laughs> feels very odd, but I'm excited about
1: I, it. Yeah, I don't know what it what it is, but I will say this: it does look pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Now, was there anything else? I mean, superhero wise, that was new. I mean, we didn't get any. New announcements, but we got glimpses of we things. We did.
0: And, well, one thing for me, because you know I'm a big animation stickler, I loved that trailer for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, because I think that's just such a fun run, Great too. Great pairing. So, so cool. And it just looks really, really cute. It looks like such a fun show. That I'm really pumped about. And then we did touch on this on the main show, David Harbour. I mean, being part of the Thunderbolts, I know that wasn't a big reveal to a lot of people, but more Red Guardian in my MCU is something I'm very here
1: for. Well, I mean, that was the the obviously we didn't see any of the Riri Williams stuff from Ironheart. Yeah, they didn't because sh- they didn't show it to the the internet at large. Yes. Now we've got Daredevil. Uh, Born Again coming mm-hmm. out, we didn't see anything really from that, obviously because they haven't started baking yet. But, but we've we've heard Mr. Cox say it is a it's it's a it's a new iteration, totally
0: new thing. of Daredevil, yeah. which is
1: exciting. The Thunderbolts announcement. Look, I thought I thought this was very cool. I mean, there was some talk about was oh, this replacing the Avengers. I never thought that this team is. This is more no. to me. I see this more as like some crack military commando squad made up of of metahumans and also people that are just good at their jobs.
0: Yeah, we have a whole bunch of people who are hyper-powered and can deal with a lot of the literal celestial threats that we're having in the Marvel Universe. I'm excited to see more kind of ground level on the street work because i always found those stories really compelling in my comics well
1: that was one of the things i loved about falcon the winter soldier i mean when they went to madripoor and and you saw that there's arms dealing going on and i mean the world would go on outside of superheroics so i really like that they're delving in more into the quote unquote the reality Mm -hmm. like i wanted to see us i during the blip i wanted to see hawkeye and his ronin guys just go killing dudes yeah. I mean, obviously he was, he was tearing a swath through the underworlds of whatever country he wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. He must have killed.
2: With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, like when I hold the door for someone.
0: Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and oh, now they're
2: running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or
1: situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Massive amounts of people.
0: I really do want that kind of side quest story. Because as cool as it was to get a glimpse of Ronan, which I honestly never thought we would see in no. this Marvel Universe. Man, do I want more of that. Because that one scene with the Yakuza was so Delicious! I want more of that. And I know he's on his new path and he's reformed and everything. But can we throw back to that and let Jeremy Renner just like Renner just tear up shop?
1: The idea that an Avenger would go rogue and literally straight up kill Mm -hmm.
0: people—I
1: mean, criminals, yes—but that's an interesting way to go because again, it extrapolates on the MCU itself. Like, how do how do the authorities? Like when, is that why the Sokovia Accords exist? When a superhero goes rogue? Who does, whose responsibility is that? Mm-hmm. And of course it was Natasha's. I mean, she went in and got him, but they knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, you had, you had Rhodey looking for him. They were always one step behind. But so. also it was
0: like, hey, hey, Clint, stop killing people. Yeah, don't do that. Don't you, don't you do that, Clint. That, stop it.
1: So there was a lot of stuff that I think we can be excited about Absolutely. coming out of, of-
0: yeah. E23. Plus, the Disney things themselves were really, really magical and lovely. I'm hyped for Snow White. I'm hyped for Little Mermaid. All those things, all of those lovely princess heroes, I'm very hyped for.
1: And and look, I'm gl- I, I can't wait to see Daredevil again. I mean, uh, it, Charlie Cox is so great. Vincent D'Onofrio is the kingpin. Has there ever been a a more perfectly cast pair? of comic books, heroes, so good together. And And with
0: our our godly threats and everything now too, it's going to be really interesting to see if, you know, his religion plays into this even more because being raised Catholic and being confronted with other celestial beings. Man,
1: I didn't think of that. That is a, I hope they delve into that. What does a deeply religious man, if they're going born again, there's a lot of Catholicism in that, a lot Mm -hmm. of religious overtones. What does somebody who is religious do when Erishem the Judge, a celestial, shows up on earth, does that shake your faith?
0: Exactly. Or does it reaffirm it in some way? Mm. You know? I'm Very interested. All those years of Catholicism and, and catechism are going to pay off for me, baby. I'm no going to have insights.
1: No guilt. <laughs> no guilt. Well, so uh, again, a lot of stuff for us weekly heroines or mm-hmm. heroes or heroines. You're a heroine. I'm a hero. Yeah. Uh, or it doesn't matter now. No. It doesn't matter. But, uh, There was a lot to love. There was. A lot to get excited about. Mm -hmm. Now, something else we're going to go back a little bit, um, the Black Adam trailer. Yes. Now, we've been talking about the Black Adam trailer. I've I've ruminated over this. I've watched the trailer, you know, probably like 10 times. And I think everything in it, it looks cool. Yeah. I think Dwayne Johnson, there's nobody I, I think that's ever existed on planet Earth that could be a better Black Adam than Dwayne Johnson
0: there's no one more equipped to be a th- superhero just look at him just but
1: I, I and charisma feel, to boot he's he's amazing but I feel watching this trailer like he's going I, I, I almost feel like we're watching an ad for his like social media like I don't feel it's like a real movie trailer in a way because there's no sense of what the story is mm-hmm. and I've now seen three trailers and as John said if this was the first trailer, it'd be really intriguing. And like, I love seeing the Justice Society. I love seeing Dr. Fate. I love seeing Hawkman, but I'm watching this and I don't, I don't know if I have a reason to go see this.
0: I feel that, and boy, the comments were vicious last week when we talked about this. They were like, oh, of course you don't like this. No one said we don't like this. Internet, come on, we can't be so, so nitpicky. We have some issues with it and that's fine. For me, one of the things I had a problem with with this trailer was that I wish I knew a little bit more about what to expect from this film and right. who these characters are. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Dr. Fate fan, and having Pierce Brosnan play Dr. Fate is just a masterstroke. It's
1: great. And, and the costume I mean, I've always, it's ever stunning. since I was a little kid and was reading the Justice Society crossovers with the JLA, mm-hmm. I always loved Dr. Fate, and they uh, nailed that helmet. They did.
0: My friend Petey has a really dope Naboo uh, helmet that he wears for Halloween. Oh, I want to steal it. I need to bring it in here. But it's... my issue, though, is like it does just feel. I, I think Amy said this generically badass, basically. Right. <laughs> where I love everything in it. This all looks really, really cool. But I just wish I had a little more. On the opposite end of that spectrum, though, so many times Marvel nowadays is telling me everything that's in their movie, right. and then I show up to the theater, and there aren't big surprises, and I'm a little disappointed. So I feel like there's a sweet spot in the middle of give me a little taste of your story, but don't reveal everything. And this, I just, I wanted a little bit more. Am I going to see this movie? Absolutely. This looks badass. I just, for a third trailer, I wanted a little bit more. Yeah,
1: I just feel that, look, the premise is really interesting. A magically imbued being wakes up 5,000 years after he was put to sleep for whatever reason, we don't know. Yeah. What does that being do in the modern world? I mean, even if there was no superheroics on display or no magical powers, look at that dude. If he's just walking around in, in a city street, like what, what happens when he walks into a Starbucks? <laughs> you know, a, but I look at this cool guy. Job. I mean, I, it, I, I don't mean to be like com- completely just writing it off, but I mean that fish out of water story. If you're somebody this powerful and you wind up in our world today mm-hmm. and you've got a beef with somebody that's 5,000 years old and they're no longer here. Well, what do you do? yeah like what's the first thing a guy like Black Adam would do revived in the modern age mm-hmm. and i i I was hoping we'd get like one the the cliche where he was trying to figure out one thing, you know something mm-hmm. but we got none of that. he's just like you said generically badass like Amy said, yeah, and I'm like, I wanted something more to hold my interest as far as the story goes, and I didn't feel I got that from. The trailer but it doesn't mean i'm not going to go see this movie no
0: oh my gosh I'm gonna be there the first day I'm gonna get my seats early yeah you know i'm i'm very hyped about this i just want to get a little a little more taste but hey maybe that means the trailer did a good job in that i want more
1: yes you want like like an interview with a vampire i want
0: more yeah
1: would you watch interview with a vampire oh, interview
0: that... with a vampire okay so
1: that's that's spooky but I... yeah okay.
0: it was a little sexy
1: okay well mm. yeah of course it's course mm-hmm. of course speaking of sexy Sexy time, She-Hulk. Woo! Four episodes, segue, Rob. four episodes seen, four episodes into She-Hulk. Chris, <laughs> how are you feeling? Are you are you feeling it at all? Still feeling it? Kind of feeling it. Where do you fall on? Uh, what side of She-Hulk do you fall down on?
0: So I feel like when we've talked about this, I feel like I like the show a little bit more than you. I am still wanting this show to get weirder, and I feel like some of the ways they've chosen to get weird are maybe not the best. Um, I love Wong, for example, but some of Wong's choices are a little odd. I really like it when he's the badass who's kind of just, you know, pop culturally unaware of things. Yes. That makes the most sense for me for him. I love when he's listening to Beyonce. I love when he's hitting up karaoke. Um, I would have loved him in Madison to go to that legalese bar and have drinks and just like talk shop and do all that kind of stuff. But some of the, the legal choices are odd. But we have to have wacky legal antics. I get it. Um... I want us to complete a through line is my bigger issue right now. And I feel like there's a real, real presence, notably missing in Titania. Cause right now I am loving Jamila's Instagram. I am loving all of the posts she's doing, all of the guerrilla marketing that, that a lot of was her idea, which is so cool to me, but I find that more interesting sometimes than what's actually happening on the show.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I, The show seems to be like it wants to have its cake and eat it, too. It Mm -hmm. wants to be a a Marvel superhero show. But then it seems to be commenting a lot on our real world in terms of real world politics. And obviously what women have to go through in the MCU and what women have to go through in our universe are probably pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of comedy fodder to be to be mined from the MCU itself. Like, like whether you're making jokes about America's ass. I mean, you'd see, you'd see Captain uh, America's ass on a phone. and that's, Yeah, that's it's her all,
0: background. I
1: mean, that's all great. But I, I would like to, make, I'd like to see more situational humor, more wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've now got 14 years of those movies. Mm-hmm. In addition to, I would expect more, like what happened during the, the blip, for instance? Yeah. You know, what happens when, like what if you were doing something like washing your hair? When the blip happens and you're sent right back and in, mm. in your birthday suit in the middle of like a birthday party. I don't know. Just something yeah, that someone's remodeled some, the home and somebody and maybe there's a legal something happened legally for that or somebody yeah. got busted and for decent an, exposure, something like that. There's a it's a court case. I'm a superhero. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, or just more things where they lean into the universe of it all.
0: The Asgardian shapeshifter, I think, was a great example of that. I loved that. I think that was super fun. I love, I really, truly love that Madison storyline. I think that's so fun of her just being like, okay, I made a deal with a goat and I had to give him six drops of my blood, so don't worry about it. Like, all of that stuff I think is so fun and I want to lean harder into that. I think that stuff is really where the show sings. Well,
1: when she said she made a deal, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking... Did you get that deal in writing? Because this has to come into play later. Like, yeah. is She-Hulk going to have to uphold? You can't. I, you, I, I, you, you're you a demon wherever, and you, your goat signed it, but yeah. you, this is not a valid Technically, contract. Technically,
0: you cannot own Madison's soul because this is null and void here.
1: I mean, that would be ideal. I'd love that. I would love that as well. I think something along those lines have to be coming. Mm-hmm. So for me, look, it's not like I don't—I've enjoyed— the four episodes. I thought episode four was just too silly. It seemed like it veered. It it it, it made Wong a little too goofy. Like mm-hmm. I like him with 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 Madison, but somehow he seems like he he would be aware when they're fighting these demon creatures that it's it's unusual for you to be fighting demon creatures. I understand mm-hmm. that, but it seems like sometimes they just make him a little dimwitted. Yeah, and, and he's not as self aware as he has been in the past.
0: That one portal that he was throwing all those demons into, I saw a really interesting little uh, blurb, I think on Reddit, of how it looked like the mountainscape that he and Wanda went off to. I think that'd be cool if that was, all right, we'll just let's throw those demons wow, where Wanda Maximoff's corpse, is. corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. I think that could be a cool little tie-in. But yeah, other than that, some of the choices have been.
1: But if that were the case, wouldn't it have been great to have at least one shot of one of those demons landing Right by, and then the camera pans up, and you see the portal from that that mm-hmm. side, and the demons keep coming through, and you realize where they're tossing those yeah, demons.
0: That would have been neat. I, I,
1: yeah, I feel like the show is not giving us the setup. I want little, or maybe they are, we mm-hmm. just don't know it. But I'd like to see more through lines.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, I will say in its in its favor, it is working like a sitcom for me in that it's a thirty minute show that I have a nice time watching. It's a fun like escape from the day to day. Yeah. I'm just trying to des- decide whether or not I need to stop viewing it as a piece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and take it as its own entity, or if I do need to view it with that superhero lens.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, it's hard to say. We're kind of figuring it out as we go. Yeah. Um, We've had four episodes. The next episode is the midway point, episode five. And I'm wondering if, there, if all of these things, I mean, are we going to see Blonsky come back, or is that storyline done? He's busy
0: with those seven women. uh,
1: Yeah, if I had seven brides for seven brothers, I'd be busy with them too.
0: Oh yay! What a good
1: reference. (laughs) You know who knows? He's just all the brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, I, I look. I'm going to wait. I'm still enjoying the show. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's a fluffy thirty minute. Exactly.
0: Right now, it's it's an ice cream cone. You know, it's sweet. It's fun, but when I'm done with it. I might still go get another snack. It's not yes. it's not calorically satisfying.
1: No, it's 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 not. It's a trifle. So, Chris, before we get into the issues that you and I might have with one another, we're gonna hear from today's sponsor, HelloFresh.
2: Hey guys, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep and completely ready to prepare. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. And guys, I know we are always looking for ways to save some money. In fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout and it's even more cheaper than going to the grocery store too. And HelloFresh, isn't just for dinners. Shop HelloFresh Market for quick breakfasts, wholesome snacks, and even desserts. You'll find everything you need to satisfy your cravings without stepping a foot in the grocery store or minimart. Listen, you know, I've told you guys before, Ann and I are both working professionals, so finding time to eat healthy and eat together is often challenging. But I'm telling you, these HelloFresh meal kits have made it easy to eat a lot healthier, it's less expensive for us, and we have a blast. And there's nothing like feeling like a chef when you put the final product on the plate. So right now, go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for 16 Free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's hellofresh.com/campia16
1: and use the promo code campia16. And a very special thanks for the first sponsorship of this iteration of the Weekly Hero, our friends at HelloFresh. Well, now Chris, you cannot escape the fact that we have issues, and we have a special issue.
0: We've got a great issue today. We
1: have an issue, as everyone knows. The Sandman has been burning up the viewing charts. Uh the, the 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 series has gone it is up to eighteen issues. It has adapted eighteen issues of the Sandman comic series. It is halfway through the third, call it the Sandman book, The Dream Country, mm-hmm. which is a four issue series that came after a doll's house. And the first two, Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope. We just we've got seen. those. We just got those, but now what issue do we have between us?
0: Oh, we have one of my absolute favorites, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Sandman
1: oh. issue 19.
0: Number 19, published in 1990. This is a 32-year-old comic. Oh, and it's beautiful.
1: Now, I would assume if Sandman gets a second season, that they would begin season 2 with this story because oh, absolutely. It is a one-off story that has ramifications in the wider, moving down the road, the Sandman universe. But what is the story of Sandman issue 19 that was uh, written by Neil Gaiman and drawn by?
0: Oh, uh, uh, Mr. uh Charles, Charles Vess. Charles Vess, yes. So first of all, coming off of season one from the story, right, we did see... When uh, Morpheus was with Hob, he veers off to go talk to Will Shakespeare, and that right? was an
1: issue uh, episode six. Yes, uh, the second half, the sound of her wings.
0: So this comic is basically that conversation and its ramifications, right? So Will Shakespeare makes a deal with Morpheus to be given, you know, great insight, great words, fame and glory, and doesn't really understand that that's a double edged sword, right? Yes, everything that comes with fame and glory. But the only thing that Morpheus requires is that he commissions him him to write two plays for him, the first of which, A Midsummer Night's Dream. And what's so beautiful about this is that this is a gift from Morpheus to the Fae, who have left our realm, they've moved on, and he wants to make sure that humanity has immortalized them. They want to remember them forever. And so it's this beautiful, beautiful story for them. And he talks to the king and queen, right, of the Fae, and they're just like, thank you, but none of this happened to us. This isn't a true story. And one of my favorite lines in it is just that something doesn't have to be true to be real, which I think is just the best interpretation of literature and comics and and media in any way, shape or form. It just has to resonate with you. And so a story doesn't have to have happened to make a great impact on somebody. And it's, oh, it's just beautiful. Well, it also
1: encapsulates truly what the Sandman overall is really all about which is storytelling itself and the importance of stories to us mere mortals Mm -hmm. and of course shakespeare's son hamnet is in this story begrudgingly
0: taking his kid around with him
1: yeah he has to drag the kid around and then there's of course puck yes and and the 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 puck of the fae decides that i i want to be a part of this yeah why do why someone's gonna play me I don't want that to happen.
0: No, I'm the only puck there is. And then stays around in the human realm, too, to continue causing mischief.
1: Yes, he he plays himself in the play and sticks around. And
0: there's like, this is great. Lades.
1: And, you know, uh, we have issues that we agree on. Mm-hmm. And this would be one of them. This
0: is one of them. You and I share a deep love of Sandman.
1: A deep love of Sandman. It's my favorite comic series of all time. And one of the, the things about this series, when you go back and you revisit it, is I think the sheer creativity that Neil Gaiman brought to this series because one of the really interesting things about there's 75 regular issues of the Sam and then there's a special and there's the Dream Country and the Endless Nights and there's also Overture which he wrote for the 25th anniversary, but you never knew when this comic was coming out what you were going to get
0: exactly and it's... and
1: it was it was like opening a treasure chest of of, of delights every every month because you had no idea. Like before this was Calliope, which we saw, that was the last part of the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. That was as far away from a Midsummer Night's Dream as you could possibly get. And it was just like that when you were reading the comic. Uh, what does a dream country mean? You, uh, uh, An issue about cats? When Morpheus is a black cat? That wasn't even the, the, the lead of the story. He just shows up as a guest star in his own book. Mm-hmm. And then Calliope, again, Calliope has to call, come on, please save me. You and I, you loved me once. Why am I stuck here? being the muse for this dickhead. Yeah. You know, and then we're we're meeting Shakespeare again. And I think that that that's the people that are watching the show now are getting what we got when we read the comics mm-hmm. back in the day. And I think the show is being it's terrifically uh loyal or faithful to the, oh, yeah. the comics.
0: Which I, I had no idea how they were going to interpret this at all. And they've done such a beautiful job But I I just want to push people, too, though, if you've enjoyed this series, please, please go to your local comic shop and pick up these omnibuses, these issues and everything. Because, like Rob was saying, the fact that you jump jump genres and jump kinds of storytelling. I mean, we go from dealing with serial killers and really (laughs) horrific murders and atrocities committed by man to beautiful tales of mythology. And Neil Gaiman's strong suit, in my opinion, is just how his brain works in terms of weaving mythology and literature into incredibly grounded humanistic stories. Yes. And has brilliant humor all throughout it, too.
1: And the religions of the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and incorporating all the different pantheons of gods, which we're going to see if they do in the second season what I hope they do. If they get a second season, they're going to do a season of mists, which is my favorite Sandman story, which begins by Sandman... Uh, being told he's basically a dick because he banished his first love or the first woman that loved him that we saw Mm -hmm. in episode four to hell for 10,000 years. And his family says, Green, that was kind of a dickish thing to do. And he's like, really? Yes. And he has to decide to go, well, he decides to go back to hell to free his love. Yeah. Because he's a dick. There's
0: so much And things
1: go from there.
0: Oh. I did want to ask you, Rob. So with all the fae in this episode, in this issue, if they were to do this as the premiere episode for season two. Uh what would you like them to be done as like a mix of CGI and like real effects like prosthetics and things? Like how would you create this world on the oh, Netflix series? You
1: know what? I'd love to see. I, I I don't think I would have said this until I saw the episode with Black Noir in the boys mm-hmm. when you had animated, he was seeing the animated yes, woodland creatures. friend and everything. All of that. Gopher, I, whatever you want. I would love to see a combination, like a combination of every iteration, maybe people in suits, maybe something animatronic and animated. So it would be an amalgamation of all of these things together because – why not oh, we've never cool. seen anything like that before mm-hmm. and look at these you can see on these panels look at the designs some of these things w- would would work much better in animation than in live action it'd be yeah. very complex to do some of these designs as real but if you had like the Henson creature shop or something mm-hmm. doing the the physical live action stuff oh yeah as as bigger muppets and things like that it could be great and then you you augment it with flying creatures or whatever you wanted to do animated but they're all interacting. So that's the way I would go with it. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. I would like some Henson Creature Shop involved here. That'd be awesome. Oh, The big thing too is y'all just need to get off your mom's Netflix accounts and subscribe so they give us a season two.
1: (laughs) uh, Please go. (laughs) Yes. Everybody watch The Salmon. If you don't subscribe to Netflix and you're using someone else's account, please go and subscribe. Go and subscribe. Do it for Rob. Yeah. Do it for Chris. Please. You know, we want to have more episodes of We Have Issues and we can't do that if there's nothing about talk. There's about.
0: no more sandman because right, what are we gonna we do? We're gonna spend a lot of time on that one, y'all.
1: Uh it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Chris, mm-hmm. that brings us to our last segment, which is really all about me. It is! Let's face it, it's all about me. Yeah. That's and, and what's what's wrong with just having something be all about me? You
0: know what? This is your time. This is your time down here. You're a goody forever. Oh, I hate that movie. I know, I'm sorry. Why'd I couldn't help a myself.
1: Forever? <laughs> well, this is our Hot Toys segment. And if you like Hot Toys as much as I do, well, you're going to love this.
2: Okay, Rob, this is my personal favorite part of Weekly Hero, your (laughs) Hot Toys uh, today. So what do we have here today?
1: Well, you know, kind of in honor of Prey and the fact that one of the the first things Hot Toys made were Predator figures. They did a very one-off Predator art piece. Where it's a samurai predator. Now I don't know if they have ancient feudal Japan on the Predator homeworld, but here he is, samurai predator. He's obviously John just murdered an alien xenomorph, and I see Hot Toys head hanging here. <laughs> Hot Toys did this. They they've kind of done these these one-off art pieces. Like they did a female uh, Predator hunter at one point. And these Predator figures are pretty sought after and they're very hard to find now because they just didn't make very many of them. And because they're not directly from a movie necessarily, that they're more of an of an art piece. You know, it's, it's for the discerning taste, but I love samurai. I collect samurai figures. So when I saw this, I was like, oh man, I have to get this. I want to say... Was, this maybe might be like eight years old or something. Eight years old? I, I, I think so. I mean, because I don't know, I don't remember like when it when it came out, but um, I still love this figure. It's a great display piece. It's not very posable. It's more like a statue, even though it is posable. But it, it's it's got great shelf presence and it's just fun. People see it and uh, puts a smile on their face. And, now uh, a lot of the Hot Toys will come with like
2: five different sets of arms or three different sets of heads. Did, did this one come in any of those? This horses? comes
1: with, there's more samurai armor that goes on here. It has different, these mandibles are uh, the face mandibles. There's different face mandibles. You can make them that they're sprung outward. I just kind of used the pieces that made him look badass and I took off the samurai helmet and stuff. But there's a lot of cool accessories with this figure. So it gives you a lot of posability options. So it's a pretty fun figure to have.
2: I'm, okay, I'm curious to ask. What was the, uh, what's it called, the retail sales price on this thing when it was first? Because you said this thing's about eight years old. Yeah, I want to say it was about 250 bucks. What do you think it would cost? Because
1: these would probably, these were limited. Uh, uh, To be honest, I don't know, but I would imagine four or $500, To get one of these today? Yeah, Uh, but if you could find one cheaper, I would pick one up because obviously with Prey coming out, the Predator franchise, is still as vibrant as it ever was. And of course, Hot Toys really began in earnest making Xenomorphs and Predator figures. Even look at those shin guards on them. This looks so cool. isn't that great?
2: With the samurai (laughs) sandals and everything too? (laughs) I
1: know. I mean, it's kind of goofy when you really think about it, but it's just awesome. And I love the translucent alien head skulls and stuff on it. I just, I think it looks great. Well, Rob, it's just, it's just a fun figure.
2: You, uh, you didn't let us down again. This figure is awesome. We can't Pretty wait to cool. see what you're going to bring in next week.
1: I can't wait. I don't know what I'm going to bring in, but it's going to be cool. Well, every week here on the weekly hero we will be showing a hot toy maybe one day you'll bring in a toy whatever Ooh. toy you have is hot you don't have to have the brand hot toys
0: that's good because i can't afford those
1: <laughs> yes you can
0: i'm i'm more in that like funko range
1: that's okay funko okay. pops you know sweet
0: I, I mean, i've got my dope gwen
1: i mean i saw that they have a, a superman and lois from superman the movie like they're holding hands oh, cute. like a dual funko pop i think i might jump on that
0: oh that's adorable
1: well that'll do it Everyone, for this new iteration of The Weekly Hero, Chris and I will be coming at you every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly when this will drop, because... That's a secret. No, I don't know when it is, but please, whatever you guys think, if you like the show, please go down into the comments. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us things you like, things you don't like. We want to hear from you, right, Chris?
0: Absolutely. This is a collaboration between us and you guys, so let us know what kind of issues you want to hear about, too, and don't worry. We absolutely will have some comic issues that Rob and I do not agree on.
1: Yes, this is not a show that we're just going to be, oh, kumbaya in yeah. it all the time. We might have some dissent.
0: We're friends, but we We fight.
1: We do. <laughs> We discuss cats and dogs. (laughs) Well, that'll do it. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to this new iteration of the weekly hero. I'm Robert Meyer Burnett and Chris Carr, where can people find you You online? You can
0: Find me at at actor Chris Carr on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett or on Twitter at Burnett RM. And thanks very much. And you know, can you read my mind? Do you know what it is that you do to me? At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy.
2: (coughs) Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number
1: one motorcycle insurer.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.